If I were to design a New Year's, I would design it around spring. To me, that makes sense. Flowers are coming out. Freshness happens. The air is different. The winter is over. A new time has begun. We think of spring that way. But there have been many cultures who do not have the New Year's that we do. In fact, some of them are in spring. Some New Year's of some cultures in the past are in the fall, during harvest, and others during winter solstice, like the Greeks, around December 20th. The Jews, in Exodus 12, verse 2, were told that they have a New Year as well. And they started, biblically, in, in September. But it didn't happen around harvest. It happened at the time when the first Passover was to begin, the time of their freedom. That's the time when their new year started. In the world today, we use the Gregorian calendar. This was, if you think the things in our society that are pushed and pushed and pushed to make people it's nothing new. In fact, the Gregorian calendar in the 16th century was what was pushed then to force January to be our New Year's. And it comes from Roman calendar. In fact, the god of January was called Janus. And the reason he was chosen is because he's a two-faced god. One, one part of his face looks to the past and the other part to the future. I say that just to bring up the idea that for most people, new beginnings are important. New beginnings are important. The lesson is called New Beginnings. The first point is New Song. <clears throat> Scripture talks about the new song. You might know that term. And it comes from, actually, a new beginning. When you get a new truck or a car, what do you think? I've achieved. I've made it! I got a new car! And you smell that smell. You look at all the dials. I remember when Owen got his car. Boy, every little bit of technology he was trying to figure out in that thing. And I wonder if he's figured it all out yet. Have you, Owen? Where did he go? He's figuring out the new technology. But we enjoy that to a degree. But how long does it take for something new like a new car to suddenly feel dulled? It doesn't take that long, especially when you start receiving your payments. The bill. Oh, why did I buy this thing? Oh, this is a monthly hazard. That rock hit my front. My car is scraped. Oh, the kids. They left a deposit of their chewing gum between the seats in the back. Can't they keep anything nice? So in our life, we have highs and lows, many highs and many lows. We feel new and fresh. 
And then time goes and we go, where did the freshness go? I think of King David. You know, he created a lot of uh, self-imposed challenges. If you don't know that, just read a little bit on his life and you'll find some of those self-imposed challenges pretty quick. One in particular is Bathsheba. And in Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 through 3, he writes something interesting. The whole chapter is quite profound, but in the first three verses, he says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and, I, and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. As we break this down, the first thing he says, he waited patiently. The idea there is he was looking intensely, actually. He knew it was coming. He just didn't know when. What did he know was coming? Well, that God would incline himself towards him. That's the idea of reaching out towards him. So David's waiting patiently. He's looking for the Lord to reach to him. And where was David during this time? In the miry blog, in the pit of destruction and despair. He was in his sins. Now again, how many self-imposed problems did he run into? He's aware of the many sins in his life. But as God reached down, what did he do? He lifted him up on a rock. Stability. And he received a new song. Now David was a musician. We know that. Uh, from early on, he loved making music and writing songs, hymns to God, praise to God. So did God give him in this concept here actually a song from heaven that David wrote? Or is David using that a little bit symbolically? I think a symbolically probably is the best idea. He has an attitude of someone who is forgiven. If you're in the pit of despair and destruction and God lifts you up and puts you on solid foundation, are you going to praise Him? Or are you going to go, well, I expected it. He did expect it, but He didn't use it as an excuse to continue to sin. His newness... I think is what he's saying is that it should never feel old. Having that constant trust in the Lord. You see, we need God's deliverance. Just like David. Just like anyone. We understand that when we're immersed into Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. But do we recognize the new song of forgiveness on a daily basis? Do we sing the new song every day? Do you trust in God? You see, if you're like me, you fall short 
every day, don't you? Yes, we have immersion into Christ. But do we need to live a lifestyle of thinking that's old? Or to live the lifestyle of newness, remembering at the time of repentance that God loves us? Do we trust in Him? Do we have a new song? The second point is new covenant. Aren't you glad you don't live under the old law? That outdated law? Compared to Christ's covenant, the new covenant is better than the old. The Hebrew writer completely expresses that idea. Now, some people like old things. Who here likes old things? I mean, some people like old things to a fault. Ugh, the old car, the old house, the old traditions, the old this, the old that. But even God did not want us to hold on to the old law or incorrect teachings that don't come from Christ. You see, in Hebrews, it talks about Christ being deity. He's greater than all the angels that have been created. He talks about Christ being human. He came for a purpose to understand us, to be our sacrifice. God becoming man. He's greater than Moses. Moses being a servant of God's house, as Hebrew writer talks about. Christ being the son over God's house. Can we put a similarity between the two in greatness? Not at all except in that, that Christ is much greater. Christ is the great high priest. All those other high priests under the old law sinned. They weren't perfect. They don't have the connection that Jesus, our high priest, has to the heavenly Father. He is greater. Better blood. Who wants to sacrifice sheep anymore? Ick. That smells. Have you ever been smelling of death and after killing an animal? It smells. We'd be doing incense all over the place in here. Christ's blood doesn't smell, does it? It smells good because it covers our sins. It's better. And it was only done once. I don't know about you, but every time I do the dishes, I find dishes that need to be redone. And if you use a dishwasher, I have found the same thing. I wish I could find the perfect washer, Lewis, but I haven't yet. But Jesus is. You see, we have a new covenant, and it comes through Christ the greater. And I don't know about you, but I, when I think about what He has done and who He is and what 
makes me excited. It gives me hope. It gives me a newness. It makes me think about a new song because I have forgiveness. God has loved me. The Hebrew writer also says an interesting thing in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8, as he quotes Jeremiah. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. This new covenant, this new Israel, this new Judah, Israel, is symbolically Christians. We are the new Israel. We are one in Israel under Christ because of the new covenant. I don't know about you, that makes me feel like I'm on the right track. I'm on the right track. And I could think about that every day of my life. A fresh day, new beginnings through Christ. But I also think about 1 Corinthians 11.25 when it says this, in the same way he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Our relationship with God is built on the flawlessness of Christ and his new covenant. The flawlessness. It was designed differently than the old covenant. It was designed to have the perfect sacrifice, among other things. The perfect blood of Christ. The third point is new creation. Creation is a beautiful thing. I wish I was there in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. God offers many physical proofs that he created everything. I mean, it's just immense out there if we're willing to look at it. And all these physical proofs should lead us to what? The revealed truth. Has God written down anything for us? Yes, he has. He's brought us a message. He's brought us a message. But creation's reality is not just about Genesis 1. You see, David, again, spoke of a new creation. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me, Psalm 51, verse, 1, verse 10. You see, David fell short with God. Do you realize the idea of being forgiven by God 
is something you can't do. You can't force God to forgive you. It's a God thing. Just like creation in the beginning is a God thing. So is your clean heart. Do you recognize every day that you wake up, if you're in the Lord, you have a clean heart? It's new. It's fresh every day. And when we fall short that day, we can repent. And guess what? We have a new heart. We're forgiven. We're loved. Therefore, Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new what? Creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The expression of this type of newness should never go away. It's not like a new car that loses its new smell. When you wake up, when you live your life every day, when you ask for forgiveness for that sin you did that day, when you remember Christ's blood being on you, do you think about things that bring you down? Or do you think about you being a new creation? And I tell you what, just to bring up that car thing again, every time I drive by a lot, for some reason, those cars that look really sharp kind of make me smile a little bit. You know, you're sharp. You're beautiful. You're a new creation. You're in God. You're forgiven. Everybody out there should be looking at you going, man, don't they look pretty? Don't they look pretty? Those are beautiful people. Why are they so beautiful? It's because of God through Jesus Christ. Our expression should come in our Christian growth and how we deal with other people. It should express itself in our relationship with God. The lesson is called New Beginnings. If I want you to understand or remember every anything, the new beginnings happened in the water, but it also happens every day of your life. Every day. So don't fall back on the past. Keep going to what is new, and that's Jesus Christ. If there's anybody here today who has any prayer requests, any thoughts, any concerns, please come forward now as together we stand and sing.